Welcome to episode 24. This is the original Judo podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm James Austin. We're joined today by a nine-time World Cup medalist. He's got six British Championship medals and until very recently he was a full-time athlete at Camberley Judo Club. Chatting today with Nathan Burns. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Nice having me on, Matt. So thanks for coming on the podcast and it's great to great to speak to you. Um, you've like had quite a few changes recently, so I'm going to be quizzing you all about them but if yeah. we could start the way that we I start most of my my shows um could you tell us how you got started in judo yeah of course uh thought it was it was when I was five actually so I was a bit of an active child bit of a bit of a character bouncing all over the place and my dad used to do judo as a kid so he's kind of you know I think had enough of me bouncing around the living room and he's kind of called me over and dragged me up to the where he used to do judo and then from there, it, it, you know, I mean, roller coasters. All my family did it. My dad got back into it again, got his okay. own club going. So I kind of bounced from a couple of clubs. So we had this club, this uh, Red Stables, a guy was called. So I did a lot under him with my dad, and then I did a lot with my dad. And then early teenagers, I was popping over to Kendall a lot with Matt Lipchop and, and going over to bake, uh, bake up a lot with Brian. So I had a lot of input, you know, so it was really good. A lot of, a lot of different input. And, you know what I mean? You've got the toughest the sort of character building, and of course, as you know, we have like Brian and Kendall and... Some of those like old that. school then, faces as well that have been part of the yeah, oh, yeah, program for yeah. years well, and years. Yeah, a lot of the Barney Rubbles and stuff like that. It's, people did that once a year. I had to do it six or seven times. And that, and that <laughs> you know what I mean? And the Kendall lads have to do it, you know what I mean? Every week almost, to a lad. So, oh, but they're, they're, they're the highlights, you know? They're the, I look back and stuff like that. They're always the things I remember and... They, they built me to where I am, you know, and really shaped my work ethic and stuff like that because if I've got anything I can rely on, it's my work work ethic and, you know, I, mean, I can always dig in and I, I can really, uh, I really value the lessons I learned from there. So there was, there was, you know what I mean, big things for me. So, and then from there, 16, leaving school, I was, I've always wanted to do Bishop Abbey. I sat there from about 14 till about 16. I'm going Bishop. In school, I weren't the best at school. I missed off of school because of judo. Brian Moore used to ring me up on a Sunday sometimes and go, what are you doing this week? And I'm like, oh, I, think I've got, I think I've got school, Brian. No, you haven't. Uh, Sophie needs you. Tell, tell your dad to drop you off Monday. So that's it. Week off school, helping Sophie out, getting a good idea around the mat with Sophie. And uh, so I was doing bits of that all the time. So coming up to leaving, I weren't expecting the best grades or anything like that. And judo was a sole focus. So it was Bisham, Bisham, Bisham. Got to 16 and Bisham shut a few months, few months before I was leaving school, so it was a bit of a bit of an earthquake for me. And then I found out that Craig was moving to Walsall. So this was Walsall, as you know it, before the National Centre now, where uh, as you as you know very well because you were there yourself. Well, I was so, I was there for a bit as well with Fitz and uh, Mac. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So you, you were there for quite a bit, and you was coming in. You you Stu was coming in here and there. And then it was a good bit of a team going. We had Elliot Stewart as well. You remember? Oh yeah, um, it it was. Do you know what? Looking back, it was quite a it was quite a good team. It was. It was it uh, Gab Davis. It was a, it was a, it was a cracking team and a good. You know what I mean? A great group and you know at the top of the tree there. You had Craig. You know what I mean? We had that nutter to to follow and stuff like that. And we had Fitz running around the match chasing us. So 
it, it was a great group, you know, it really was. And I, you know what I mean? I learned so much from that. I really did. And, you know what I mean? Being around Craig, it was, that's, that's I think, one of my, one of my, you know what I mean? Like, big role models there and what's really shaped me as well. So I'm doing very lucky there as well. And Gav, getting a beat himself. Gav really went a long way. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it helped because he was a phenomenal judo player as well. Oh, he was incredible. He really were. And, you know, as much as Fallon, Fallon was sort of like on a different planet. So, like, fighting Gav, even though he was just, you know what I mean? He was on the, he was on the same level as Craig, but just in a different sort of, I don't know how to explain it. It was so physical and so intense. I, I struggled. I, I used to prefer fighting Craig. Like, just with Gav, it was just so explosive all the time. He just didn't give me an inch. I think I stumbled him once and he gave me an almighty beating. I, thought, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even know what to do. But, you know what I mean? I look back at it now when he, you know what I mean? Those boys, you know, them two looked after me really well. And on the mat, it was a war. And then, of course, you can't miss out the author boys. Jason yeah, and Shane. Right. Jason and Shane. Well, Shane was my absolute role model as, a, as an athlete. He's incredible. I got plenty of beatings off the pair of them. Oh, Oh, I remember. I remember one with Jason. I probably even should have said this, but I remember was that. Do you know that you remember the church at the because uh, he didn't fight much, did we? It was a lot of it was. It was a lot of drilling, 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 and weren't much drilling, of Randori now and again. Yeah, drilling, conditioning, and gripping. Yeah, yeah. So when we got this one Randori session, and I remember, I never forget this. Jason offers gets older, man. Must be fighting ten minutes now. But then they're going into the church. It was an easy, like it was a, it was a hard fight, but it was, and he's dragging back on the mat. And you have those big, great, big church radiators. I remember he popped up, he's on top of me, and he's got me head, can't me, me, me head squeezed between one of the uh, the blocks. So I'm screaming now, so it's stuck in there, and he's kind of wedging it there. Fitz is laughing, trying to drag me over, and you know, as much as after we was laughing, I weren't laughing straight away, but as much <laughs> as after it, <laughs> we was. Think it was it, it was sort of it was a fight, you know what I mean. And those boys, you, you, even Shane now, I fought him the other week at, at the uh, at the British squad training. He's he's got that intensity. It's it, every fight, so you know what I mean. A, a war. Yeah, and he's he's so still a monster. That, oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. So you know what I mean. And then from there, two years there with you notice, and then it was straight on the M6 and down to Camberley for the uh, the last eleven years. I didn't realise as well that you've been Sophie Cox's training partner. That's like Sophie Craig. You know, that's like some phenomenal, yeah. as you say, role models you've had. And of course, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I never looked like that as well. But I was with, as a you know, what I mean, probably from thirteen, fourteen till I left home, I was helping Sophie out a lot and stuff like that. And I was, it's more, I was at a body with her. You had Danny Carr as like one of his like main sort of bodies because Billy Post as well. And, it was together, but I was in there helping Coxie out, and you know, I mean, get, getting the get the shoe ins off her and stuff like that, and learning a lot. Hey, yeah, she's tough. She's a, she's a tough girl. She was a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, again, uh, another s- scarily good, and yeah, she had all yeah, those that right. time off as well, um, and came back. It's unbelievable. Came back it? to the same level and, as well, and dropped the weight. Yeah, like it was just it was just something else. Um, phenomenal. Um, so. Could you give me, yeah, before we, we move on too much, could you give me a couple of your career highlights? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, one of my best moments were, I think, I think it was the timing of it as well. It's, it was, as we all know, it was under uh, Patrick Rue when I won the British Open 2011. 
And uh, as much as to to a lot of results and stuff like that, it, the medal doesn't match it. But it was just more. I remember building up to it, and I just moved up to sixty six. And uh, Patrick Roos kind of like dissing some people, and he we had a meeting me and Luke with him, and he's kind of just said like, "You moved up now, you, you you're almost. You may as well just go, go Campbell. Don't worry about anything. You're like you, you're done with sort of thing. You're gonna need too much now." So I was like, "No worries, I've got in, left it." You know what I mean? Not upset, but a bit angry. Got grafting away. You know what I mean? This was beginning of 2011. And I remember just going up to uh, the British Open, just thinking, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to go for it here. And I remember just not even bothered. I remember just not, I didn't look at my draw. I remember Luke coming over to me, telling him what my first fight is, got out, done the first fight, got back, and then won that. So I was like, great. That's, you know what I mean? That's not, that's not bad at all. Won the next fight. So this is going all right here. Win another couple of others and see where we get. Won the next one, won the next one, and then I realised I was in the semi-finals. I think the hell of a day, this hell of a day. And semi-finals was uh, Milus, the French boy. Yeah, so and he was at 60s, so he's just cropped up there as well. Our volume has gone up, so I knew him really well. I fought him a couple of times. He beat me in the GB World Cup, actually, a couple of years before. So, you know what I mean? It's going to be a war. It's a tough French, the European champion. It's a tough French lad. So I remember just flying out. I just remember it just being, I just felt like I beat him to the pulp. Every single time, I just felt like I, the game plan was great. And that was one of my last ever flat, uh, fights that went to flags. Oh, and it yeah, was, of I remember one of those. Just after that cycle. Yeah, yeah, it was 2012. So I remember it, going, it went straight to flags, and I got all three flags. And it was, it was one of those moments. It was a moment with Luke as well. So it was one of those, I remember, it, it, to that day, that was by far my, my best medal. And then, well, I got into the final there, and it ended up out of all the fights in the day, and I have been Louis Keeble. Right, and that okay. was another hell of a fight. You know what I mean? He's another you know, phenomenal athlete. With he should have was just something else as well, and uh, and that was hell of a fight. I managed to sneak the win, so I managed to win the British Open. So and uh, me, my family made the trip up, but it's just one of those come out of nowhere. They just I'm not sure what my dad expected, but you know what I mean? They just trekked up and about five minutes out of it, and each round they kept coming. I kept giving eye contact before I noticed in the final. So. So they went wild for me. I loved it. So it's one of those highlights. It was really good. Did you get um, that mad Russia trip off the back of that? I did. I literally come. So after he told me that, I literally uh, I came, I turned up the next day. I was walking like a, I was broken. I remember the fights were wars. I remember <laughs> limping. And again, I remember still the feeling. How my shins like the sauce wall. And I remember sitting on the stand. I was just trying to breathe. And uh, I actually come <laughs> over. And Luke's like, Patrick wants to talk to you now. And literally, this is three months early. He's told me he doesn't like, doesn't even want to look at me pretty much. I remember. Because he didn't quite like me. He was up and down. I was on cold with him. Well, like a few were. And he's gone, right, this is brilliant. He was, he's a devi- he was a divisive figure, wasn't he? Like, Yeah, yeah. So like one minute, he was, you know what I mean? He, he, he loved you. And he could stop saying your name. And then the next minute, like he was an outcast. Like he was, you know, you may as well have been a vampire, mate. He had the cross up to you and everything. Like you just didn't know. <laughs> He just didn't know where to go or where to look at sort of thing. So he's he's a tough character to judge. He really was. And if anything, he kind of got a... He brought the team together really well. By default, <laughs> but the team, the team really did bond. Because a lot of it before that, you had, the, you had the side splits and stuff like You had Scotland, you had England, you had all the little... And after when he sort of came in, then you, it kind of built, built a team and... And we kind of worked together because we had this common enemy. So it was, yeah, it, it kind of worked. And then that's what he came. He came up to me. This is brilliant. This is what I wanted. This is what I was after. 
this is what I was forcing you to do. So he's kind of saying this is what I was pushing you to do, which I wasn't bothered because he was talking Moscow and then Romania and Estonia. I was flying out two days later. So for one thing, I was going home. And next thing, I'm, I'm flying out to Moscow. Did the Orenburg, do you remember Orenburg? Yeah, I, that was the one I was talking about. It was just this crazy trip. We got there in the middle of the night and a lion was roaring yeah. in the darkness. Um, <laughs> like... I remember turning up because all you guys are there already. I remember turning up and a couple messaged about this lion. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, all right then. And it, we turned up three in the morning because it's one of those, before you to Moscow, you remember, you have to get a separate flight to Orenburg. And I actually, I remember flying, I was with Ewan and Billy. And I'm not sure if they remember this. And we got on this charter plane and I remember... Yeah, I grabbed one of the seats and it fell forward. Do you know, like a, like a taxi seat. Yeah. So his feet, and I remember, I remember you his face, and he looked a bit like a bit shaky. So his seat falls forward, and I'm thinking we had circle windows and there was rust everywhere. And that, you know, we all know the Russian reputation with the flights. So I'm thinking, oh, you know what I mean? It was a bit of a the turbulence was a bit rough, but we managed to get there. And then I turned up to all telling all I could hear his line roaring. It was bizarre, weren't it? It was just it was the way. Like, it was like he'd arrived on Jurassic Park, and it was pitch black. Yeah. You didn't actually know what it was. You didn't believe it was a no. lion, but I, I still didn't. And then I sat there during the night. It was up all night rowing. I'm thinking it can't be, can't, can't be real. And then got there for breaking. It was outside in that man-made shed. But I, if it really, if it really jumped at the shed, it would have gone down. That you know, <laughs> everyone would have just been running. Did you see the camel next to it? Do you remember the camel? Yeah, the the, the camel that all the fur was falling off. It was... Yeah, it literally had its head wedged in the corner, like, scared to death, and it moved. I don't remember seeing it move. It was just a weird, weird trip. It was good. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was brilliant, though. It was, yeah, well, it was really good. Best, one of the best camps I've done that. It's border Kazakhstan, isn't it? So it's Is like, that right? It's like 40 degrees. Yeah, it's bang on the border. Ah. But it was bizarre. And they all kept dragging us to that... Uh, Remember that nightclub at Chicago's? I'll never forget yeah. that place. That was, remember, it was mental. Just giving out like, like toy guns and stuff. You had these toy uh, guns where you spit out balls and stuff in the nightclub. <laughs> like, toy guns in the nightclub. This is going to end real bad. It was a good, but, it was, it was a good trip, man. It was really Oh, really you fun. can say that again. It's definitely a highlight. So, yeah, I got that at the back of it. That Estonia the week after, straight to Estonia and then straight to Romania. And then he came up to me. Uh, no, sorry, Romania then Estonia was the last trip, three and a bounce. And uh, Patrick, I remember, yeah, yeah, and I remember Estonia and uh, I beat uh, Orijov first fight. It was his last trip at 66s. And well, I didn't know then. And I remember I just walked out and gold in the corner, and I thought, right, I'm just going to fly out of here. And I managed to tie Toshi this Azerbaijani lad first fight, and ended up being Orijov. He was screaming, and I'm guessing, you know, I means that was his last chance. So he moved up and. Now we've battered everybody, sort of thing. But and then the next one, I always struggled with this uh, Jasper Dijon, Dutch lad, fourteen lots, and I was battering him, beating into the a bit like the uh, British were beating into this, beating into that. And I remember in my head like, this is I'm flying here. It was about six seconds left, and he flew in and just overshot me. But he kind of fell down my body, and my standing foot went bang to ten. And I mean, I, that and that's to get into the quarters, and that's just moving up in the World Cup. Oh, you know what I mean? I was, I was gutted. I remember walking off. I went to the balcony in Estonia, and you can Patrick walked over to me and he just stood next to me. He goes, "Oh, when you get get a chance, you must take this. Uh, see you later, mate." And then just disappeared. I didn't get affected again for a year. <laughs> no way. Oh, but yeah, yeah, brutal. 
Yeah, so, you know, but you got to use stuff like that. Like, I was, you know what I mean? I, I ate him for a while and, you know, I, I pretty much had him as a face on a dartboard, but <laughs> I, learned, I still look in, in a weird way, just like the team came together. I learned a lot from him. So, like, to, to build as a person and stuff. So it was all right. At, at the time, he was, yeah, you either loved him or you hated him and far more people... Yeah hated him didn't they but I, I don't know yeah. like for me he got me selected for a lot of tournaments and I know I had other people yeah. in my corner as well like Fitz and Billy but um, yeah, yeah. You know, with hindsight he was he was doing some good things as well yeah yeah and I think yeah look, well end of the day look what he did with Colin you know what I mean and Colin got a lot of support from him and stuff like that and it's, it's, it's you know, I think yeah, that's one of the things that's turned Colin into like who he is now and the results he's got is just phenomenal you know what I mean? So he came in and he, he did help a few out and stuff and he, he kind of based it. But I think when he was trying to get the best out of people, he kind of went round it wrong. And even though he might have the best intentions, it's just the way he did it. And he kind of he pushed people away, thinking, oh, I got him angry or maybe get him back. And he, he just didn't have the personality to to do that and get him a bit of reaction from him. Kind of like Mourinho on our United. You can kind of what he's trying to do get the reactions from people, but as you could tell, Patrick just didn't have that aura or personality about him to to get the spark of people. It just kind of built that bit of bit of hatred, sadly. Yeah. So I saw your Facebook post just last week, and if you could clear yeah. up, I saw your Facebook post. You've you've left Camberley. Is this a retirement? What's happening? No, no. So. Uh, it's more of a, a, a lifestyle change. So, like I've, uh, I said earlier on, I've been at Campbell years, uh, 11 years, solidly 11 years, ploughing on. And you know what? It's been an incredible 11 years, and I'm still, I'm, I'm still Campbell. You know what I mean? I'm so I'm just relocating back home now because, like, like we explained with my judo, I left home at 16, and I'm really family oriented. So it was all trying to get family time, and my mum and dad are getting older, you know, and. But, you know, I mean, my brothers are all getting older and stuff and I'm missing out just I've missed out on a lot of quality so I'm not Campbelling now and like I said I've given it everything I've got and I'm at that point where I just need to be smart now I'm at the point where I just need to be smart like take the best out of bits and keep my body in contact no big injuries look after myself and I thought it, it's the right time to now relocate back home because whether I, I stayed at Campbelling my target is, is Tokyo. Whether I stay in a little bit longer just after it, but my big target's Tokyo. And I've always got to move on after that, no matter what. And I think it just got to the point where, you know I mean, I, I wanted to be around my family and stuff like that. And I think it's little things like, I can train out of here. I'm going to keep going to Camberley every few weeks with Luke. I've still got it. You know I mean? My relationship with Luke hasn't changed at all. And, uh, like, of course, with... Uh, fighting for Ireland, I'll, I'll be popping over there even there. So it, it, it's kind of worked out really well, and and it's just little, I'm excited about little things. Just getting dropped, like sounds stupid and silly, but just getting dropped off at the airport by me, my mum and dad, you know, and getting picked up after the tournament and and little things like that. So it just needed. It's more the lifestyle and start setting up stuff with my dad up north. I mean, my dad are going to start building up the judo club. My dad's got multiple nights. And, teach a bit of judo into schools and kind of like me and my dad are very similar so we've got a similar dream like that so yeah I'm excited so like I said it's a, it's a big lifestyle sort of thing to juggle it up mix things up and then just 
give me a sharper angle where I can base myself on Blackburn, do my gym work and all my S&C around here and then fire up to Camberley for my uh, for my Randori and of course on my trips and training camps. So yeah, it's just just a bit of a different approach really, just to... No, no, I, I mean, I totally understand. Like, so after London, um, my, my, my goal, my aim had always been London and then the plan had been to move home and obviously got kind of sucked up, caught up in the kind of hype around the commie games. But my wife would yeah. move down in 2013. So I was traveling up and down from Edinburgh to Birmingham, Oh, um, yeah. you know, for that kind of two year period, um, like just, I was at home at weekends and up in Edinburgh during the week and it worked. It worked for the time period because there was a goal and there was something to come out with and, but yeah, I do. I yeah, do get what you're it. saying. You want to be closer to your family, don't you? You want to have that time with them. It's been so long, you know, James. Like it's been, like I said, sixteen. So even my hometown, like even I'll come back for the weekend here and there. It like I'm, I'm really attached to it. I'm really attached to my family, and it, I'm really close. So it was always that. It weren't like, like I've I wanted to get out of nowhere. I've, my aim is always to come back home. And like, as you have, I've travelled the world, I've been everywhere and I'm always excited to go. I'm always excited to get on that M6 and pop an M6 to Hags of Blackburn. As soon as I see the honestly, I see the signs and I get butterflies. Like, it's, it's just, uh, it's just an amazing feeling. And it just kept getting harder and harder, doing the other way, then getting back on it to go down. And like I said, I think, I think it was the right time for the lifestyle. And I think to get my lifestyle better, I think I'll get, you know what I mean, it would mean me being better on the mat then, if that makes sense. So, just want to get the best out of everything at the moment and just really focus on the small things. Definitely. So, you, you kind of mentioned something there that I wanted to ask you about. You've you've been a full-time athlete um, for 13 years now, is that right? Yeah, yeah, 13 years, um, yeah. You've got a wealth of experience behind you and you've got as much training uh, in Randori as anybody. Do you... As an older athlete, do you still need to be full time on the mat? Like, can you? How do you manage it? Do you substitute some of that having moved home with more strength and conditioning? Or yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing. I think that's what I'll aim for. I think because well, because I've done so much mat time, and you know, in some ways, I've done doubles. You know what I mean? Some of, some of really big people, I've just. I've, I've given everything and I've really plowed into a lot of it. So I really feel like I've got a, a really strong base and a really understanding of judo. So, and this is where I was getting at the last few months. I, I, I feel like I, I know what I need to do. And I just need to stay in that, my, my, you know I mean, my little system. Because I think my problem for a lot of years, and I think what's really like hurt me a bit is I, I'm, I'm not bad at, like I'm quite good at quite a few things on judo. So when I get out to competing and stuff, my head's boom, 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 flying all over the place. So with experience, I think over the last year, 18 months, I've started to narrow down you know, my system. Instead of just going out there and just freestyling it, and not so much freestyling it, but just having too much options. So, and I think and where I'm going with it, I think with the experience I've got now, I've really narrowed it down. I've got my system going, I've got my... You know, my, my gripping, my transition, my what, what's on the ground, and then my my bulk of techniques. And of course, we all know judo, and it's a massive reaction sport. And end of the day, it's a fight with a few rules. So, yeah, you got to know judo. You, you're going to be doing all different stuffs, but with the bulk of it, you need to know when you're in the right situation. You know, you've got a couple of techniques that you can really win a fight with. 
So I think that's what I'm going to be. Well, that's what I've been concentrating on, and that's what I've got. I've got a young lad now. Uh, he's injured all a long time, and he's going to be he's going to be helping me out. So I'm doing my drilling sessions with him, and it's kind of what I'm replicating what I was doing at Campbell with Luke. So I was doing doing three at Campbell, and now I'm doing two here. And then, like like you mentioned with the SNC, a lot of the other stuff I'm I'm building around the SNC, and I'll be going moving around from around Dora. So the other thing you uh, you you again touched on just back there is you've changed nationalities internationally yeah, yeah. recently. Like what what kind of led to that? Why why the change of I don't know who you represent? Uh, I think there's, there's multiple things with that, and I think uh, I don't know. It's always been in the back of my head to be truthful. So for like the, the last so many years, I've always it's not. It's like I said. Of course, I'm, I was English. I'm born up in, brought up in England. I'm from Blackburn, and I've always fought for Great Britain. And of course, there's a lot of politics in Great Britain. So, if there's a slight bit of chance to do other stuff at different directions, as you can see, a lot of people have people have took it. It's, it's, it, but it should have got make it, make it hard for you to stay. If that makes sense, because they give a lot of people a lot of options and a lot of reasons to leave. But I think, I think you know what I mean, it got to the point where I was building up to Rio and just how hard it all were and just how uncomfortable it were. And I actually didn't feel like I was part of the team. So I don't almost feel like I've, I've left anywhere. I feel like I've just got somewhere. Like I found, I found the team and, you know what I mean, and my grandfather's Irish. So I started looking through the route of that with my dad. And it was after Rio, after my last uh, event, so it was after Turkey. So uh, I went home for a little bit of break, and I, it was a lot. So it didn't come out till like a year later. But I was planning it like the beginning of two sixteen. No, no matter what I was doing, I was it, that. That was my plan. You know what I mean? I, I was going to change home for Ireland uh, from that date, sort of thing. And like I, uh, like I said, I, I, I found the. You know what I mean? My grandfather was a route. I got the passport, and that took a while because the Brexit happened. So the Brexit happened. It was where I actually had to get the passport and then it went up 2,000% in the first week. So it took oh, me, God. Yeah, it took me six, seven months to get the passport through. So, right, as everyone was, yeah, trying to get that yeah. uh, European passport as the last minute. Yeah, I just get a lot of luck like that, mate. So, yeah, it went really... <laughs> so, so it, it was a challenge to get that through. But like I said, I, I got speaking to uh, a, a member over there uh, who's helped me out a bit to coincide with the Irish team is is Kieran and uh, Kieran Wood. So he, he gave me a lot of advice and he was really backing and you know I've known him for a long a, a lot of years. So not not like just to say to small talk and say hello to. I got talking to him and he said yeah it's possible and we we could get it going. So that was that was the road I went down. And you know what? It's so refreshing and it's. Just talking to him on a weekly basis, like I've always like it, it's. I'm so used to just negative stuff, and just like you would have known with the British team, it's always it's it was you against them. It, it's always what do, to do? What do we need to do? What what we're going to do here? Where Kieran's like, like, what do you want to do? Like, what about this? Let's do this, and it's so so positive, and it's it, it's let's do this, let's try this, and it's just a different approach. And at first, it took me it took me by surprise. It was like oh, and like it's it really is refreshing and you know what I mean I'm looking forward to the next two years with them and I'm looking forward to years after that giving back to them as much as they can with the younger there's a good few younger boys coming through 
and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's exciting. Awesome. It really is. So there's obviously been quite a few athletes who've changed nationality recently. Um, clearly yourself, but Megan and, and Ben Fletcher have both yeah. also um, both. got Irish, and then you've got um, Prisca. Yeah. Has yeah. Taken Mexican. Has did did kind of the change in the the British setup like the more focus on centralisation? Is that did that play a, a part in your decision, or was it you knew it was coming? Not, so not 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 really. Not so much that it was like I, like I tried to say before. It's so much. Uh, I didn't feel I was a part of anywhere because I've I'm solely been at Camberley and us at Camberley. Like we did with Dartford, we did with Walsall, we, we committed. And Luke, and, and I really respect Luke for that, and he's been really good for that. He's he's always told we've always we've always been open. We supported Dartford all the time, and he's always been and he's always said to us, if it's a better place, go for it. He's never like that. That it's just if it's a better place, I, I would never hold you back. And it's always been our decision. It was always we got offered to move there a couple of times. We got offered to move to Walsall. Like like I said, we was getting funding to go to Dartford a couple of times a week. And then it got to the point where it just wasn't helping. It was more of a hindrance and it wasn't working. And I was turning up to Dartford and we was getting Aurelian taking a, a Juno session. Yeah. I, I remember I, 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 I lost the plot. I remember, well, I shouldn't have done it, but I remember storming into the room and I'm, Margaret was there and Karen. I'm like, it was more just, I was almost crying. I was that angry. It was like, well, what's going on? What, what, I've, I've, I've done two and a half hours on a train to come here. And it's Wednesday morning around Orit Campbell and they're missing it for a rally teaching judo. You know what I mean? I remember it was all, it went a bit chaotic actually. And stuff like that has built up over time and it just felt like I was just Campbell and I wasn't, I was just fighting for Campbell and, you know what I mean? Nobody. And it's so much like with Ireland, it's kind of finding a bit of identity. It was kind of like finding, you know what I mean? It, it's, like I said, it's in my blood, and that they was willing to help me out, and I'm, I'm willing, like nothing prouder than representing them. You know, I mean, I've never been representing no one for a lot of years now. Even though I was fighting for Britain, the flag was there when I was travelling, when Campbell was travelling, but Campbell was travelling on her own, just like Scotland were a lot of times with you guys. Like you remember South America and stuff. It's we was on our own, even though the flag was there. We we weren't fighting for that. Like we, we had nothing to do with Great Britain. And that's why a lot of people haven't seen that for a lot of years. They don't. They don't understand that. But the last, like the last three, four, five years, it's always been that. Like it, it, it's been a lot of separate teams. So, like I said, it's been it's been built up over a, over a bit of time. And like I said, at the end of the other one, it, it's it's refreshing now, and it's it's exciting. I guess with hindsight, um, you've been for a long time locked in that. Battle for the top spot, I guess, with with Colin Oates. Um, he obviously went to to two Olympics. With hindsight, would you have changed nationality earlier in your career? Uh, now, maybe, but not so much for that. As much as people probably wouldn't believe that. Like, like I said, it built up over time where. It got to the point where you know, that that is what I wanted to do. It, it wasn't like it. It wasn't an option. It was what I wanted to do to to move to Ireland. But uh, with, with stuff like that, yeah, I always felt whilst on the team, I always felt I could get past him. I truly did believe it. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, 
club building up to Rio at the end of 2015. When I went to the World Cups, did well, like, did well in Mauritius, and then I won Australia, and I was going to China Korea in, in really good shape, and I was feeling brilliant. I beat some really good boys there, but that's when I bust my knee in the final of Australia. And I was out, I was out for two months then, and it kind of, I'm not, not when he's saying that's an excuse, because Colin got some phenomenal results, but I wasn't far behind him then. And then that's when after that, like beginning of the year, and that's when he got the UP medal. But I was I was out of the running by the time he got the UP medal. But it was stuff like, I felt like, if I didn't get injured, if I got to China Korea, you know what I mean? And like I said, I was in one of the best shapes I've ever been in then. Like everything, physically, mentally, it was it was ploughing on. And I got in the final of Mauritius. I slipped up and if I was winning the final, slipped up, but I was still really confident. Won Australia. And I was bouncing straight on to China Korea, the Grand Prix. And I, I can't say I was going to go and get medals there, but I was in the best shape too, if that makes sense, as a fighter. So I really believed I, I could take past them. And it wasn't, it wasn't a fight I was willing to give up like that, if that makes sense. I was, I was uh, prepared to give it everything I got and I believed I could and end of the day, I didn't and he, he got some, like I said, he got some fantastic results and he was a better person to go then. Cool. Like, and probably having that domestic rivalry is really, really important. I think you, you've only got to look oh, at yeah. 70s, 78s as well to see what the products of domestic rivalry can do. It's I mean, up, yeah, it, Gemma it really and Sally is. and then Natalie as well. It, it, it spurs it on and they bounce off each other and when someone gets that result it kind of spurs you on and it, it, it's, it's tit for tat like because I've always when I've grown up I was 60s when I was younger and it was always me and Ashley and I was like oh, you know what I mean he, he's as much as he's, he's, he's a character he's, he's, he's a cracking fighter just with, well, with his recent Paris medal you know so as, as a junior and early seniors it was I was competing against Ashley and Always trying to catch uh, James and Craig up, so and we had that. And then when I moved up, it, it was Colin, and then Craig popped up for a bit as well. So as much as it's it, it's tough, you know what I mean. I've learned a lot from these guys, and that's just locally, that's just nationally. I've got these these guys in in just in the well, that was the British Championships. So fighting them and then going into a big tournament wasn't much different. It really does help and. When they're getting results, it's kind of that big push, that big. Well, I've got to. It's it's that urge where you fly in and you get results, and it really just builds up a weight group. Like well, as you can see, as you can see, like you just highlighted some of the girls' weight groups. It it makes a big difference. Definitely. So the the other thing I wanted to ask, moving on a little bit, was um, Cambly's as a club. Um, obviously now they're. Yeah. All the, all the fighters from Cambly have had to go self-funding, but they seem really proactive in being able to raise funds. Oh. And I think you yourself yeah. are have like in like your own individual sponsorships. What what's the secret? Is it just going out and being proactive? How have you ended up with with with? Winner? I think I think I think in ways like with it with the personal sponsorship, it it was being proactive and stuff like. That. I've been lucky in ways, but like. Uh, I've always been proactive, like in my early twenties, and trying to get help and trying to get this. Because like even at Campbell, even when uh, it wasn't like a, a self-funded route and we supported, we're still out there on our own. If that makes sense, we, we still have to. You know, what I mean, we're trying to find money for food, trying to find this, and trying to find money for for training gear and kit. So we was always on the lookout like that. So that that kind of put us in good stead. 
for, for the later on when it, like the club's really gone self-funded and kind of on its own. So, but we're, we're extremely lucky with like our good Luke and uh, well, we had we had Sam Law first, and then Carly, Luke's wife, now is there's, there's like the admin at the club, and she's really well, like the word again, really proactive with the local council and all the local communities, and always pulling uh, people together. And we got a lot of help off Penny Hill Park. So it's a hotel down the road, an exclusive hotel. And they've backed us for a lot of years now. And the guy who owns that, he's, he's been phenomenal. For someone who's, well, the hotels are worth, I don't know, 100 million. And for someone like that to really throw himself into like, our sport, every time we popped up to the hotel, you know I mean, he knew the ins and outs of qualifying. He knew this, he knew that. He really took detail to it. So I've been backing us that and in supporting Luke, let Luke relax a little bit. And they're always finding money for a like that South American tour, as you like cost a fortune. And he, he kept pulling in people. He pulled in the rugby a couple of times. That's where the England rugby trained. And like I said, he was he was phenomenal for that. So uh, for Luke, for Luke pulling in someone like Danny Pecorelli and the Penny Park Hotel really boosted us. And Luke keeping that relationship with him, like yeah, that was a massive help. And it just stemmed in. Then everything else rolled in. We did a charity event, the Ashes. And we used to, you know, I mean, we're raising twenty, thirty grand each year with that, so that boosted up us for, for qualifying and helped the club out because always juggling trying to get a new roof for the for the club. And I think as well, we had really good parents at the club. Cause it's not just a full time centre. We had we got kids sessions there as well, and we, we built a really good community around the club with the parents. We had uh, one guy shoot ball when he ran the London Marathon for us, and he raised, you know what I mean, a massive amount of money. And we got the that new SNC block built for us, and that was just because we used to have to lift the mats up. We used to have to lift the mats up and put the weights in. We had a, uh, like an Arctic tanker outside, and then pull it all back out again, put all the gear back in there, and then let's put the mats down, and then do judo. You know what I mean? We, it's not just like training; it's little things like that people don't see. So for him raising that money for the uh, the SNC block was just little things like that. So we're very lucky with the parents, and we, we built a really good network around us. So it was. It, it worked out really well. Cool. You've um, you've talked about obviously what you're excited about about going home, but what are you going to miss about being at Camberley? Like obviously, I've I've been trained at Camberley. I've never really spent much time there, but the impression I get is it's a really Spartan lifestyle for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it. <laughs> what are you going to miss? I, I, I can see what you're going to enjoy having a nice bed. Yeah. But oh yeah, like that's what I mean, and a bit of. <laughs> a bit of mould in the corners and stuff like that. You give it two weeks and mould come back through straight away. But like I said, in your early 20s, and even even now, like it, it, it's tough. It makes you tough, you know, and you appreciate everything. I used to go on a trip and I go on a Formula One and I'm like, this is brilliant. Like, this is great. Like, <laughs> it's warm. The room's warm, you know what I mean? Like, it got to some points where in the winter at the club, like, we, out, well, we couldn't help it. It's like, you get into bed and it was that cold, it felt wet. It really felt wet through. So like, and so like with training, we're juggling that, and we're juggling the lifestyle. We sat in the living room, and even now till I left, but you sat in with full jackets and jumpers. And Luke's always been on the case, and like recently, it fitted and got all new eaters. We got some funding for all new eaters for that. So it's always kind of balancing it when we got the roof. But it, it's it's certainly it's it, what well, supporter cabin support a cabin what's gone well beyond its its means and it's hanging in there and it's it's serving its it's serving its point really well and I think that's I will miss 
you know what I mean, like looking around the place and knowing, you know what I mean, like I've done it and I've done it proper. You know what I mean? I've 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 dug in and I've done it in the place. I've got everything I've got. And, you, know, you sit there at night times after sessions and we've all you know, been battering each other for two hours solid on a session and we come next door and we're generally still pumping. We're up till about midnight laughing and joking. It was it built a big family and it was, it was, it was nice. It, like you're all there for each other and the different aspect, like you guys in Scotland, you kind of lived away and in, and even though you're all very close, we, we lived together. It was one big house. And as much as that can be very frustrating and very hard at times, you know what I mean? People like living in the living room, like, having all the clothes in the living room and stuff like that. Like, you know I mean? Always constantly on them. There's a few, I won't name them, but they've all, you know what I mean? They could have took a few clouts just with leaving stuff everywhere. But uh, I think, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I'll miss. You know what I mean? I miss the, like, the family. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'll still be going down there and stuff, but it's sometimes it's those when you have those really horrendous sessions and you crawl next door and you're all in the same situation. And, you know what I mean? You're all trying to, you know what I mean? Skip money together to try and get food. Like, we're even not so much like that now because everyone does classes. But when I was first, so you're trying to pull your money in together to no one really ate out. A lot of us cooked food together and stuff like that because it was, you know what I mean? We was there for a reason and you did any means necessary just to be able to stay there and train. So that sort of environment, as much as it's tough now and it's it's nice to be in a warm room back home, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I will miss it. I will miss it a lot. Cool. Um, right, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna keep you much longer. I'm gonna ask you a couple of my standard questions, if that's all right, mate. Um, <laughs> so, I like to get everybody to give me a, a couple of fights that they think represent judo. But one of them, I want you to to tell me, like, what fight of yours you think really represents you as a as an athlete. Uh, mm, I think. I think you've talked. You've talked fine. about a couple already. Yeah, yeah. And the, 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 I think the final, what really, what really shown like what I thought, what when I knew I was like I had, I could be able to dig deep and stuff like. It was with the final of Australia. I, met, I kind of mentioned it before, and what happened is actually after through the fight, I uh, I popped my MCL. As uh, I was, I was two years old, and I remember I went to foot sweep the Algerian lad, and as he took that uh, Zodani, he's called a tough lad. And as I foot swept him, I took all his body weight and it on top of my knee, and my legs popped to the side. I actually thought it was a uco, but it didn't. <laughs> openly, did it give it? I was a bit gutted. Because <laughs> I remember he jumped up, and I remember standing up, and my leg was sliding side to side. And I, I think the whole room almost heard the pop, and it was just it was a big crack. And I just you knew you just know. And I'm sat there, and I did the final. I've never won a World Cup, and I sat there. I've had a few silvers now. I could feel my leg, as I stood up, my leg slid again. And Luke's looking at me, and Luke's kind of giving me eye contact. And he's kind of like, what's up, are you all right? And I tried to stand up, and I'm like, I'm winning here. And I remember, I actually talked about it in the school today, and it was a minute 48 seconds, and I'm looking at the clock. And I'm a minute 48, <laughs> minute 48 and I could win That's a long time. This. Yeah, I know, I know, but I could win this. And two penalties up, and it was when you needed four penalties. So I was like, right, so... I need to hang in. Adrenaline kicked in, and I remember he's throttled at me. He's throwing anything, and he pulls a penalty back, so it's two-one, and we're getting in. I'm hanging, and I'm managing move. So I'm, I'm jumping on my leg, and I'm, I could feel it sliding. 
hanging, hanging in 10 seconds and he's stopping it and I'm thinking I'm going to get a penalty and I don't and it finishes. And I just remember kind of sitting down just because the adrenaline's dropped off. I remember sitting down and like I could just feel my legs just sort of swelling straight away. Kind of like, because I've almost kind of led it. Because I've calmed down now and I've kind of stood up and I bowed and I managed to win it. And I got off and it's a bit of one of those moments with your coach, you know, it's a bit of a moment with Luke. I've been with Luke since I was 18 and it was, you know what I mean, I, like, I've won it, you know what I mean, I've won it with him. And I remember coming off and then I remember just sitting in doping, no win. Kind of, I was, I was done. You know what I mean? I was going to miss a long time now. And I knew it weren't good. And uh, that's the doping. And, it, like, the guys coming through. I even, I even pretty much weed myself in doping as well. I'm not actually said that out loud. But I remember sat there. And it got to the point where I couldn't really, I couldn't really walk. So it was getting that bad. And I, it got to the point where they let one people in. And I'm sat in there. Legs throbbing. And I'm, I'm dying for the way. So I ended up almost winning it. Well, doing a bit of a dribble in the... Uh, I'm do the pants. I'm starting to thinking my legs knackered. <laughs> I've got weed down my leg, and I'm I'm meant to fly into China Monday, and it's that is that sort of that sort of fight I always look back on, and you know what I mean. I, if I can if I can say anything, I can I'm, I can really dig deep, you know. And it's look at that. If you look back at it from the a judo point of view, that's what showed me those Kendall days, those Barney Rubbles, those you know what I mean. Those early morning Niwaza sessions and the winter camp, you know, we just. Just growing up together, just getting tough and just fighting and being able to know I can give it everything out there. And for me, that was probably my best judo fight. I was, there's a couple of close, but that was, it's a moment. You know, you get those moments and it, it, it sticks with you. I think, uh, did you say what was another judo fight? I just yeah, and so the other one would be one that you've like enjoyed watching, but you think, yeah, that's what judo should be. I think it's a. I actually watched it again the other day, and I've got I've got a few belts, but I think it's going to be a top of a lot of people's list. And it's the uh, the Dantai Ebenuma fight, and it is just it it's it's throw or be throw, and it's just throwing everything at each other. And yeah, towards the end, Ebenuma started getting on top, and Dantai was spinning out and surviving. But I must have watched that video ten times now, and it's just grab, throw, grab, engage, grab, do anything. And you know, two lads, you put it all out there, and everybody remembered up winning it, and he uh, he won the worlds from there. So it's that to me, that's a statement of judo. I think a lot of people put it as it's certainly. I think it's certainly one of my like top top few of best fights ever. Yes, I think it, I think it. I think it went on. I think he caught it on. A, I think he got a penalty. And won it, didn't it? Won it on the penalty. I, I, I remember it being a wild fight. I do know the one you're talking about where Zantaraya yeah, yeah. has just been like a cat. As out of Some of them was ridiculous. And I think I'm so in awe of it. I forgot how it wins. Like, I think it is apparently it comes to the point of two people throwing each other so much. No one actually gets a score. <laughs> and ends up in the penalty. Which is a bit sad, but it just shows you, it shows you the level. But that's, that's a phenomenal fight, that. Cool. Um, and then the other thing that I'd, I'd like to ask is um, if you had to, if there's a young athlete who said, look, I want to be Nathan Burns or what what can you pass on? What bit what bit of advice would you pass on to them? I think the one thing I'd definitely pass on is make sure you, you enjoy yourself. Because 
make sure you, you know what I mean you enjoy yourself and it's it's about each trip enjoying each trip you know what I mean don't just I think a lot of the time I was so plowing on to the next thing the bigger picture the next year this trying to get to this trying to get to that and you miss out on what you're actually doing and it's only until recently the past few years where you, you're plowing on you know what I mean wherever you go you're going to work hard and stuff like that of course you need the work ethic but it's really really sitting back and realise what you're doing I mean, you travel in the world, you're meeting up with a lot of other people in the sports hall, fighting each other, and then wherever you get a result, and then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you meet up in another sports hall, battle each other for two hours, three, uh, two, three times a day. Uh, it's, it's an incredible life. So I think the one thing I pass on to people is just make sure you, you, you really enjoy it, you know? Like, just sit back and realise what you're doing, and, you know, I mean, work hard, but, but smile at the same time, and just realise you're having a hell of a life. Awesome. Mate, I love that. Um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. That's a great bit of advice and yeah, um, I think that's that's really cool. No, it's been thanks a pleasure. so much for coming on. Um, no, where where are, you, are you out soon? Are you fighting soon? What's going on? Yeah, uh, so I'm actually fighting the uh, Irish Open this weekend. So I'll pop over there tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night for the Irish Open and then in two weeks time I'm over to Turkey Grand Prix and the RTC camp. So I'm looking forward to you get a few scraps in. If people wanna find you on are you on social media? Yeah, yeah. I'll do a lot of stuff on uh, Instagram, Instagram and bits of Twitter and stuff. So yeah, nice one, bud. No problems, mate. Um, Nay, thanks so much. Uh, best luck in the competition coming up, and um, yeah, good luck getting the club up and running. Yeah. Nice uh, one, mate. I'll speak to you soon, hopefully. Yeah, nice one. Appreciate it for having me on, and it's been great catching up with you, bud. Cheers, bud. Speak to you later, mate. All right. Yeah, take it easy, bud. Cheers, mate. That's the interview, guys. Hope you all enjoyed that. Big thanks to Nathan for coming on. Good luck to him over the next few months as he's back in action representing Ireland. As I was saying, hopefully we'll get him back on the podcast in a few months to see how things are going. Hope you enjoyed the one today. Um, please like or retweet us um, on Facebook, share it on Twitter, whichever way around it is. Uh, go leave a review on iTunes or we're now on Podbean so to go and follow us there as well if you've got Android. And if you do want to support the podcast in any other way, go check out contestduo.com and go and spend £12.90 of your hard-earned cash and learn some of my jewelry. Cheers guys, catch you soon.